player 2 has joined the game. Hey yo, what's up everybody and welcome to episode 124 of the two-player co-op podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts here, Kevin, along with along with with no one else. There's no one else here. It's the one player, I guess the one player edition of the two-player co-op podcast for the very first time ever. Does that even make sense? I don't know. I'm trying this whole solo podcast thing. Thank you guys for reaching out with questions for me to answer later in this podcast. We'll get to them here in a little bit. But uh if this is the first time you're seeing us or me in this case, I guess, uh, this is the two-player co-op podcast. Typically what happens is every week, two brothers get together to discuss everything in the world of video games that we think you need to know about. We talk about what we've been playing. We go through the biggest news items of the week and just give you some some cool video game facts. Uh but if it is the first time you're seeing us, make sure you go to, well, obviously, if you're seeing us, you should be at youtube.com slash two-player co-op. If you're not, make sure you go there, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, uh, share the video with your friends and family. We're on a mission to get to 1,000 subs this year so we can get back a little bit of the money that YouTube has blatantly stole from us when they changed their guidelines one year ago. Uh couple other quick things. So, yes, we have a merch store. If you didn't know, go to teespring.com slash stores. I'll do the magic fingers. Slash stores slash two-player co-op. Sean's not here, so i got to do it for him. Also, we have a Twitch channel. We don't use it enough, but we're going to try to do more of it. I keep saying that. Eventually, we will. Twitch.tv slash two-player underscore co-op. Magic fingers. So, yeah. Uh, the other thing, if you didn't see the video that we put up and you're not aware of this, there's something going on right now called the Kind of Funny Up-and-Comer Contest. Uh, basically what this is, is kind of funny, hit their fundraising goal for January. One of the things they're doing with that is they are using some of the funds that they raise to fly somebody out to San Francisco for a week to basically host kind of funny games daily, uh, games cast, whatever. Um, they've kind of expanded now to just any shows you want. You don't have to be a, a video game person. It could be movies. It could be just internet explorers. It could be any of that stuff, whatever. Uh, but they're, they're going to fly you out for a week to basically just, it, it's like a dream come true for Sean and I. We've, if we, we put up a video detailing this last week, it was a breakout from the podcast we did last week. Uh, if you can submit us, that would be amazing. Um, I really don't know what else to say other than it would obviously be an absolute dream come true for us um, to actually go out there and, like we said last week, hosting Kind of Funny Games Daily, Gamescast, all that other stuff, it would be great. But just to see how they actually do things out there, just to sit there and watch Kevin and Barrett and those guys for a week just sit behind that massive like control panel thing that they have out there would just be awesome. Uh and yeah, so it would be a dream come true. It would mean the world to us if you could go to kindoffunny.com slash up and comer and submit our names there. It would seriously be, it would mean the world. Um, so do that. We appreciate it. Again, so yeah, I am, uh, I'm doing this podcast solo for the first time ever. This is very uh, nerve wracking. Uh, but the reason I'm doing that, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, Sean and Brittany this past week, they had their first baby. Everybody's doing great. Uh, Kira is perfect. Uh, Sean is loving life as a dad. Brittany is a mom. And he needed, obviously, to take some time off and do what is most important, and that is being a new dad. Uh, and he's doing that. So that's why I'm doing this by myself this week. Uh, should have a guest next week. Hopefully it'll be Nick. I think we got everything lined up for that. Uh, depending after that, Sean may be back two weeks from now. I'm not sure. If not, I may try to get another guest on with me. Um, but we will see. We'll see how that works out and everything. Um, 
I, I can't even put into words how happy it made me to see him finally be a dad and see him with his baby girl. Uh, if you've been following us at all, you know I've got four kids already. Uh, they're the best thing that ever happened to me. And I can already tell that Kira is the best thing that's ever happened to Sean. It's just, it's it's like being a dad is amazing. But then also like being a big brother and seeing your little brother become a dad is just it it's just right up there it's just it was super emotional for me uh and i mean obviously i love sean so much he's he's my best friend he's my little brother and it just it just my heart grew three sizes uh not that i'm the grinch but sometimes i kind of am um so i don't need to get into it any more than that just know that uh everybody's doing great sean i love you brother um i'm proud of you that's all uh, so yeah, so this is, like I said, this is the first time I've ever tried to do this podcast by myself. Uh, I really do not know how this is going to go, how long it's going to last, how good the quality is going to be, but it's one of those things like whenever I hear there, there's sometimes like you, like if you're here in Memphis, you hear, uh, Gary Parish basically does his radio show by himself. Now, <laughs> Typically, he's got Brad or somebody that's a producer in the studio to play off of, but he is the host. He doesn't have a co-host with him. It's kind of like, I mean, Jeff Calkins does it as well. You you know, it's one of those things I've always said, man, like, how do they do that without anybody else to, like, play off of? Um, and I said, you know, what the heck? I kind of wanted to give it a shot. Sean's, Sean's got a new baby. He's got more important things to take care of. Um, so I wanted to do it myself. And one of the things I wanted to do as part of that was to reach out to the audience for some questions. And you guys came through. Thank you. Uh, cause it is kind of a slow news week. Uh, so I definitely needed some audience interaction and you guys came through and I really do appreciate that. We'll get to those questions, uh, as we go through the podcast. Uh, so this is typically, this is the, the part of the podcast where we say, Hey Sean, what have you been playing this week? Uh, Sean's not here. I do know that he started, uh, whatchamacallit again. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. It's the uh, the RPG came out on Switch, uh, came out on PS4 before that. Kind of like Chrono Trigger for a new generation. Uh, I am Setsuna. I am Setsuna. He he's been playing I am Setsuna while he's taking care of baby, and he 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 likes it. He doesn't know why. Uh, he didn't play it more the first time. Sean will explain more when he comes back on the podcast. I am sure. But what have I been playing? Thank you for asking. Uh, so I did. So last week when we recorded this, <laughs> I said that we we recorded it. I had not beaten RE2 yet. What happened was basically I got right to the final boss fight in Leon's A playthrough, and I didn't get through it because of timing, uh, you know, constraints and everything. I had to go pick up one of my sons to go to his guitar lessons, and I didn't beat it before we did the podcast. Uh, I can say obviously I've beaten it now. Uh, so I've beaten the Leon A playthrough. Strom was right. The boss was not that hard. Uh, the final boss, I should say. I'm not going to spoil it or say what it is. But yeah, as long as you got a lot of ammo and you're decent at the limited dodging ability that you get in Resident Evil 2, you won't have any issues with it. Uh, so I beat it. The ending was kind of fine. Uh, there's one part of the boss fight that I really liked. Um, that if you've beaten it with Leon, you know what I'm talking about. You get a weapon. And it's not even the weapon that you get. That's the cool part. It's kind of how you get the weapon. Um, if, like I've said, if you've if you've beaten it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the ending's fine. It's really quick. There's, I guess, a 
uh, I guess you'd call it a post credit scene to, to Leon's A playthrough. Uh, Sean tells me that once I beat Claire's B, it will make more sense. I'm actually going through Claire's B playthrough right now. I think I'm about two hours through it. Uh, it's different. You you approach the police station in a completely different way than you do as Leon, which makes sense. However, I do get why people uh, have kind of complained about the second playthrough in this because it's weird to get into the police station knowing that Leon is running through there as well. And Leon has probably already found the three medallions and he's unlocked that first puzzle. Not the first puzzle, but the first big puzzle that lets you get to the next area. Either, either he's done it already, therefore I should not have to, or he hasn't done it. And then I, as Claire do it. And then at some point, Leon should just go back to the main hall of the police station and be like, Oh, that's weird. That puzzle solved now. And I get it. It's a video game at the end of the day. I think we're all being a little bit too critical of it because it is a video game and you can't just like, it wouldn't make sense if whether you're doing Claire's B, th- B playthrough or Leon's B playthrough, it wouldn't make sense to just, you show up in the police station and all the puzzles are unlocked and you just go, you just go. I mean, it would cut the playtime down to like an hour, you know, whatever it would be. So I don't really have a problem with it, but I I understand the criticism. I just think it's kind of a little bit overblown. Uh, at the end of the day, it is a video game. So my thoughts with Claire's B playthrough so far, make sure we're still recording. We are. Uh, I thought that at first it seemed a lot more difficult. I think what it comes down to is I do not like the weapons that you start out with with Claire. Uh, you do get one pretty powerful weapon not too long into it, probably within the first half hour, 45 minutes, something like that, that makes it easier. And you got two different kinds of ammo that you can, you can, you know, load into it. But overall you don't have, you don't have anything like the shotgun, I would say like, like Leon gets. And he also gets the, uh, the, the Magnum, the lightning Hawk, whatever it's called a little bit later on in the story, which essentially is if you can, if you can hit a headshot, it's a one hit kill. Claire didn't have anything like that, so I think that's what was the most difficult for me. Was it, it for some reason it seemed like there were more zombies on screen than there were when I was playing through as Leon, and I thought her weapons weren't as good as well, uh, which was probably knocking it a little bit. Now that I'm about two two and a half hours into it, and I've progressed uh, to the through the story, I've gotten through the, the the first boss. I've gotten to the next area. And I've seen the the one story development in the uh, parking garage. That's all I'll say. Uh, when you get there and you think you're going to escape and then somebody shows up. And uh, that made me extremely angry. So I definitely am motivated to see this through. I don't know that I'm immediately going to turn around and do and say, okay, let's do Claire A and Leon B. I think once I've played through this and gotten the, the A of Leon and the B of Claire, I don't know that I feel the need to go back and flip-flop flip-flop that right away especially when i've still got assassin's creed odyssey sitting out there uh and i do have a work trip coming up here in a week about a week uh after you're you're listening to this which i'll probably jump into majora's mask on my 3ds then finally uh so i don't know but i definitely like it i'm getting the hang of it i did find one other new just a new handgun with claire in the area i just got to which seems like it's going to make things feel a lot better uh but I don't, I don't know for sure. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's Resident Evil 2. It's obviously, it's very, it's very early. It's the first game I've played this year. Um, but so far, I still absolutely love it. I, it's going to be very difficult. I, I still stand by what I said. It's going to be difficult to see anything topping this as I sit right now uh, for my game of the year. And I know that's super early and crazy to say and all that other stuff, but uh, th- this game is that, it's just that good. Uh Again, it, it depends if some of those Sony first-party games end up coming out this year. Or if there's... And again, like... Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. It, but I think the the most exciting thing about this year, now that we're past Resident Evil 2, which was... Of the games confirmed for this year, this was my most anticipated game. And it lived up to it and it blew it out of the water. I still think the most exciting thing about this year looking forward as it comes to video games for me is the unknown are we going to get the last of us part two are we going to get death stranding god only knows what that game if it's even a game at this point um i just i I don't know but this it reminds me again i know i said this a few weeks ago but it reminds me of when resident evil 7 came out and starting that year on such a ridiculously high high note and then within a month and a half well i'd say two months after that i can't remember when it came out maybe a month and a half you had horizon and you had breath of the wild and then in august you had mario odyssey which i didn't love that much uh i thought it was i probably would even rank it lower on my list that year at this point but whatever that's not the point uh but yeah i think the most exciting thing right now is the unknown when it comes to 2019 but this game right now obviously it's my game of the year it's the only one i've played so far uh other than something we'll get to here in a little bit but it's definitely my game of the year so far so like I said, I reached out to the audience to get some questions uh, to help me fill in the blanks here without having Sean to bounce off of. My first question this week, it has to do with Resident Evil 2, and it comes from NSA Jose, friend of the show. And he writes in, if you could choose any game that you want to be remade with a level of quality that is that, that of Resident Evil 2, and you could choose the way the controls handle, what game would it be, what kind of controls, and why? So I've kind of talked about this before, but this playing through this game made me so badly want the game that maybe I'll never actually get, but I I, I do think we'll get it at some point. Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, remade in Fox Engine. It's not just making it prettier. It's not just doing the cutscenes shot for shot. It's more not just remaking the game, but remixing it. So again, like I said a few weeks ago, I commented on a, a subreddit, Metal Gear uh, subreddit post and said how badly I wanted that game. They're like, oh, you make the game too easy and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes, if you just basically pull a Twin Snakes, which is just Metal Gear Solid 1, same enemy AI, same enemy placements and everything like that, and then you just put first person into it like Twin Snakes did, yes, the game's going to be too easy and it would not be a good remake. That's not what I want. I want the cutscenes remade shot for shot in Fox Engine. And then the gameplay, add new enemies, put more intelligent AI in there. I don't care, whatever it is. Make the game different. But still be Metal Gear Solid 3 with, you know, like I said, in the Fox Engine with 5's control scheme. To me, that's obvious. I, I want that so bad. Honestly, I also, while it wouldn't be that much of a remake, I feel like this game has made me want to play Resident Evil 4 the way that I think it should have been made to begin with. So it's 
so it came out on GameCube, came out on PS2 and Xbox, whatever. Uh, they re-released it on PS3, and then they re-released it a couple years ago. Uh, gosh, I think two and a half years ago now on PS4. And all they did was up it. They didn't actually change the game at all. They just up it. And that was fine. However, as much as I loved that game, because I didn't play it when it first came out. I didn't play it in 2005. I played it in 2016. And... It showed its age, especially when it comes to the controls and everything. I feel like people that love that game and say it's the best game of all time think that it plays like Resident Evil 2 Remake plays. And I think it would benefit greatly from... Really, the only thing you really would need to do is change the control scheme so it doesn't feel so slow and clunky and everything when you're aiming. Uh, You don't need to add new enemies and everything because I think the enemies that are there were, were there for a reason. And it's... I just don't think anything needs to change with that. Just make it prettier. Make the the chainsaw guy cutting off your head even more disgusting. And blah. Uh, but yeah, update the controls to where it just aims a little bit faster. Uh, so those to me are pretty obvious. Uh, so what else would I want remade? Shout out to Sean on this one because I think when I say this, he'll say, oh my God, yes. But for some reason, the other day I was sitting at work as soon as this question came through and I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah. Metal Gear, obviously, and and also Metal Gear. I want Metal Gear 1 and Metal Gear 2. Not Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear 1 and 2 on the MSX to be remade in the Fox engine as well. Uh, that would just be amazing. And I, I won't be surprised if Konami does that at some point. But I was thinking, what other game, like 3D style of game, third-person shooter, could benefit from a remake like this? And all of a sudden it hit me, and that game is Fade to Black. Fade to Black, if you're not familiar with it, uh, it came out on PC. It came out on PlayStation 1. I don't know that it came out on anything else. It might have actually come out on 3DO. Don't quote me on that. I don't think it came out on Saturn, though. Sean and I played it on the uh, uh, on the PC. But Fade to Black is a 3D third-person shooter, third-person action-adventure game that is the sequel to Flashback from way back in the day, Delphine Software on the Genesis and the Super Nintendo and like a million other uh, consoles at that time. Uh, They also just put out an anniversary collection on the Switch within the last six months or something like that. This game, as Sean will tell you, was just absolutely terrifying. To play through this game with these horribly early, polygonal, blocky, boxy 3D graphics... Even with all of that happening, the the sense of dread, the aura, everything that you felt in this game was like, it was palpable. Like, this game was incredibly scary. Like, Sean says he was too scared to even play the game. He was just like, nope, I'm not going to play it. I'm going to watch you play it. I'm not ever going to play this game. They had death animations and stuff. Again, horribly just early, early 3D graphics. They were, like, horrifying. Like, you would step on, like, uh, like an electrified electrified floor panel or something and just get shocked to death. And it's just this blocky character and everything, but it's just, it was so scary. And like that game, if we were to go back and play it right now, it would be incredibly difficult to play. It would be hard to look at as well, but graphics or whatever, it would be incredibly difficult to play. Fade to black, especially with the resurgence that I've seen flashback getting here in the last couple of years would be amazing. Uh, so that's probably my answer above everything because that's a game that I don't think a lot of people played. People that do like Fade to Black, they would probably love hearing me say this. Uh, but yeah, that game should absolutely be remade with 
current gen graphics and controls and everything like that, that would be a fantastic remake. And that's my answer. So we also got a question from our good buddy James Solar, and he said, if you could have a current gen remake of one entire series, all caps, what would you pick? James, you know I'm going to answer, right? Middle Gear Solid. Um, that's obviously my answer. It is my answer. It's my favorite game series of all time. I think all of the games that came before 5 could benefit from it. Four really just needs a complete, a complete rework. Uh, it doesn't need to be a third-person shooter. It should be a stealth action game, which four was not at all. Uh, so that could go for a complete remake. But I'm half joking there. What I would love to see on current-gen consoles, I would love to see literally. This is probably a cheat. Oops, sorry. I think I just hit the microphone. It's probably a cheat, but I would love to see literally every 2D Zelda game remade. So I'm talking Zelda 1, which we kind of already got a remake for back on the uh, the uh, View, whatever it was called, the, the satellite thing in Japan on the Super Nintendo. It was kind of like a 16-bit remake, uh, and you can play that on emulators and stuff, but it's weird and it's hard to get working. So Zelda 1, Zelda 3, Link's Awakening... Uh, Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons, Minish Cap, super underrated. That game is amazing. Uh, I would actually like to see, I don't even know if you would call them 2D, but kind of like top-down or isometric Zelda games is really what I mean when I say 2D. Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass, I've just never given them even the light of day because of the whole stupid stylus controls. I don't want any part of that. And, of course, one of my favorite games ever made, in addition to the others I just mentioned, Link Between Worlds. Uh, I just feel like, I feel like that's the most likely to get quickly, you know, up res and remade and put on switch. But I mean, I would love to see literally every 2D Zelda game get remade, put it on the switch. Let me buy it in one collection or in multiple games. I don't care. Nintendo just take my money, take my money. Thank you, James. Uh, next up, what else have I been playing this week? So I played Apex Legends. So this game literally came out of nowhere. Uh, I guess Jeff Keighley tweeted Sunday night that it was coming during the Super Bowl, and then Monday they everything went crazy, and they officially announced it, and it was released, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, they had 2 million players in their first 24 hours. They had 10 million in the first 72 hours. It's so popular that my boy John Bernardo, as, long, as well as uh, Blessing, and I think Alex over at OK Beast, they've, they they started a Jumpmaster podcast uh, dedicated to Apex Legends, and it went up to like number two on the iTunes charge. That's insane. Shout out to you guys. That is freaking awesome. So the one thing I'll say about Apex Legends... If you've been listening to us, you know I'm not good at multiplayer shooters. I just don't. I'm too old, I guess. My eyes, I mean, my eyes work. My eyes are like 2010 vision, so thank you very much. I just can't, I can't see and react quickly enough on online shooters to actually be able to be anywhere near decent at these games. One thing I do think is weird about Apex Legends, it's like, why would EA put this game out basically two or so weeks before Anthem comes out. Anthem, the game they have dumped, I don't even know how many 
millions of tens of millions of dollars into this game. It's supposed to be their next big thing. It's their destiny. It's it's Bioware's next thing. It's so it's just and I don't know that I have a I, I don't have an answer for this, but why did Apex Legends come out so close to the release of Anthem? Either you're yeah, I mean you're putting out a free to play game which you could be taking away uh, a player base that would be playing Anthem and having them go over to this free free to play game, uh, this battle royale style game. Um, or I, I just don't know if it means like maybe they're not confident in Anthem. I don't know. Uh, but one of the things that came out about this, uh, Jason Schreier, of course, he's the best. He he reported that essentially there is no Titanfall three in development. It's gone. Whatever it was going to be is probably what this turned into. Uh, however, there have been people related to Respawn that have been tweeting and, and talking that it seems like something Titanfall-related, in quotes, excuse me, is coming out later this year. So I don't know what that means. Uh, my quick thoughts on the game, I probably played three or four games of it. I just It just doesn't click for me. It just doesn't. So I never played either of the Titanfall games. I've played Fortnite. I've played PUBG. Uh, it just doesn't, it just doesn't click for me. It seems like the map is gigantic. It seems like the map is almost too gigantic. Like when I've dropped with another jump master, whatever you would call him, it just seems like it takes forever to get to <laughs> get to the next squad and actually be able to engage somebody. It just seems like I'm running around forever looking for the the little inventory boxes and stuff to find a weapon or find a shield or helmet or whatever and go to the next thing. The one thing that I'll say about this, my kids are good at games. <laughs> so Noah and Nick, my two oldest, uh, they're eleven and eight now. Uh, they they love their Fortnite. They're they love Overwatch now. We uh, Noah got that for Christmas and he absolutely loves it. Nick loves it too. And they're just like holding their own online against people. Whereas I would get like no kills and die twenty times. Uh, they both, so they downloaded Apex Legends on their Xbox and they tried it out a little bit and were like, eh, it just doesn't, it doesn't click for them. So the one thing that I wonder, I, I, I don't really care either way. Obviously Battle Royale isn't going anywhere, but it seems to me like Apex Legends, is it going to have the staying power that a Fortnite does? Now, again, that's putting, like, you got Fortnite has set a whole new bar for, for video games, especially online shooters and stuff. But I don't think it's going to have that kind of a tail. I just really don't. I, I can't see how... Now, obviously, I'm going with a very small sample size of my two kids. But if they're, like, they play it, they, they watch me play it first off, they're laughing at me because I suck, and I'm like Jim Helper, dance, jumping in the corner, and I don't know what I'm doing, and they're laughing at me, and but then they go on and they play it and it doesn't click for them and they do a few rounds. They're like, nah, whatever. I'm going to go back to Fortnite. I just wonder if a game, a free to play game, it just seems like at least with PUBG, it's 30 bucks up, up front. So you got to pay 30 bucks to get in. Uh, player unknown is getting your money. They're at least getting some kind of money. I'm never going to pay any money in apex legends. I don't know that I'm ever going to play it again. Actually. Sorry, Logan. I know you want to play with me. Maybe I will with you again. It's like I've said with PUBG, like, those games, I think they're only fun for me if I play with people that I know and can can go from there, especially something like Apex Legends where it is all squad-based, squads of three. But if you're not going to do something to hook the younger install base, I don't know that a Battle Royale can really 
survive in the free-to-play model blackout is one other it, it's it's a completely different thing because it's call of duty you're getting all the you're getting 60 bucks a pop up front so you don't need to nickel and dime people and have them buy battle passes and all that other stuff uh so apex legends i just don't i don't get it at this point and i don't know that i ever will uh but that leads me to the next question so adam shafani wrote in wrote in good god he writes in oh, he wrote in it said, what is a game or genre that you have tried to get into multiple times, but it never clicks for you? Online shooters. I just can't, I cannot get into it, especially <laughs> dialing it down even further than that. And we're going with our, you know, our current ecosystem that we're in the zeitgeist, all that, all those other cool words. Battle Royale games, like they just don't click for me. I, I thought that Fortnite didn't click for me because the whole building thing, and I just couldn't get used to the shooting and building and hiding and building and just chopping up trees and getting the resources and then building and building and building. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get PUBG. I know PUBG is going to click. It's going to be so much fun. Now, other than my one highlight clip that I put up where I actually got a kill and then completely got murdered like two seconds later and Logan had one of the best comments I've ever seen. It just, that's not clicking for me either. And what I'm realizing is it's not like, it wasn't just Call of Duty and Halo and all these other things that just never clicked for me as far as online shooters go. It's not just those, it's Battle Royale, it's everything. And anything that is an online multiplayer based game, I just, it just does not click. Like I want to like Fortnite. I want to like PUBG more than I do. I put more hours into PUBG than I thought I would have. It, just because I was like, no, I will. I'm not going to let this game beat me. I'm going to play this game. I'm going to get good at it. And then Apex Legends comes around. I'm like, okay, this looks cool, whatever. And then I'm just like, I cannot. I can't get into it. And I, not everything is for everybody. Obviously, I just feel like there, there, there's like there's something like gnawing at the back of my neck that's just like, no, you have to like battle royale games. That's the future. That's the zeitgeist now. Blah blah blah. You have to figure this out. You have to like this. And I just can't do it. And I'm at the point now where I just don't care anymore. I really don't. Like, I don't know. I I deleted PUBG because I reinstalled GTA Online just so I could get the, uh, by the way, yeah, PSA. Uh, if you sign into GTA Online every weekend in February for the weekend that you sign in, next weekend they'll give you $250,000 in GTA bucks. Uh so I, del- <laughs> I deleted PUBG so I had room enough to reinstall GTA 5 because I just want that million dollars, basically. So you can get a million dollars if you sign in every weekend in February. Um, yeah, so there, there's that. The only other game I would say, Adam, is turn-based RPGs have just never clicked for me, and I want them to. So I, I avoided them like the plague to begin with. Then I finally played when I got, uh, when Sean and I started the podcast three-plus years ago, that's when they put out the Final Fantasy VII, uh, the, the PS4 version of it, which was the PC port that had the cheat codes. And I thought maybe since I can get my limit break, limit break, gosh, this is what happened. I, I talk a lot. Get my limit break refreshed automatically. Uh, I can fast forward. I can skip random encounters. Maybe I'll finally like it. I just don't like the turn-based style of it. Um, so then a little bit of time went by, and I got my, my Vita. It's like, okay, you know what I'm going to, like, I know Final Fantasy VII is great, but a lot of people say Final Fantasy VI is even better. So I'm going to download Final Fantasy VI on my Vita. And I just can't, I couldn't do it again. I tried, I couldn't get into it. Then Octopath shows up for Switch, and it's one of the, the, the art style, one of the 
best art directions I've ever seen in a video game in recent years. Just absolutely beautiful. How you take those 2D sprites and you mash them up onto a 3D world. It's just absolutely beautiful. And I'm sitting there playing through the demo and I'm like, I'm just getting wrecked. And I'm like, Sean, Sean was over there one day. I was like, Sean, I don't, I don't know what to do. How do I beat this fight? And he's like, well, no. Okay. So hit that guy. Now you got to wait. Okay. Now, okay. You stun that guy. So now target the other guy instead. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And then I just, it's almost like it's just too much. Like I, I want active battle. I want real time fighting. I want like an action RPG. Like I love role-playing games. I love action RPGs. I would say God of War kind of turned into an action RPG. I'm loving Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Horizon Zero Dawn is one of my top five favorite games of all time. It's just the whole turn-based thing I cannot get into no matter how many times I've tried. So those are my two answers, Adam. Online shooters slash uh, battle royale games and turn-based role-playing games. Thank you so much, Adam Shavani. I need a drink of water. The only other thing I played this week, the Devil May Cry 5 demo came out. Uh, I will say, as I, I don't think I've ever actually even touched a Devil May Cry game before this, which is odd with how much I loved the old God of War series before it became what it is today, which was my second, third favorite game of all time. Uh, I'm intrigued. I will say that. One thing I thought was interesting is that this is done in the RE engine, which I didn't know that until I booted up the demo. But then just seeing kind of like the way they do the... Uh, the over-the-shoulder camera style reminded me of Resident Evil uh, 2 for sure. Um, the the graphics are amazing. It's absolutely beautiful. The reason I say I'm intrigued but not sold is that for some reason, I, I don't think I know how to play Devil May Cry. Uh, so if you're watching or listening to this, hit the comments, let me know what I'm supposed to do. I, I, I thought this game, going into it, I thought it was going to be more like old-school God of War where it's, Square, square, triangle, or square, square, whole triangle, flip them up in the air, and then square, square, jump, and like L1, and square, whatever. This seems like it's more, I don't know, the best way to use my uh, my Venom Snake arm and the different kind of Venom Snake arms I can get to use my God powers or whatever they're called, the, the devil powers, I forget what they're called. I, I just don't know how to play it right. I got to the boss of the demo and I died. I just feel like I was doing no damage to him with my sword. Uh, I finally started figuring out a good way to jump and kind of get around him. I did do one, I leveled up one thing and I did the double jump, which was helping me kind of get out of his way when he would do his, one of his, you know, some of his big attacks. I'm definitely intrigued. It seems like it's a game I should love. I feel like there's just something that I'm missing and that's a me thing. It's not a thing with the game. Capcom's been a roll on a roll now for the last two years, period. It seems like... I would love this game. I just need somebody to coach me on how to play Devil May Cry and not just be a stupid noob. And I feel like that's the only thing holding me back. But I definitely see the potential for this game, and it's it's on my radar. I forget when it comes out, and I don't remember if it's April. Somebody hit the comments, let me know. I can't remember if it's April that it comes out or March or whatever it is, but it's very soon. So if somebody can coach me up on how to actually play Devil May Cry, this might be the next purchase that I make this year when it comes to like big AAA games. All right, this isn't going so bad, guys. I got to say, we're about 30-something minutes in, um, and I'm doing okay. All right, so now we've got a question and, question and answer section. We'll do some more Q&As before we get to the only other news item I had because I just, I mean, I already talked about, uh, what's it called, Apex Legends. There's no point in doing another 
full section on or anything. So let's get to the Q&As. Our buddy Austin King writes in and said, things have seemed repetitive with the nerd industry. Comic book movies, remakes slash remasters, MMO style shooters, battle royales. Do these speak to you? If not, what is keeping you excited for the gaming slash nerd industry? What are you most anticipating this year? Am I crazy for not feeling excited? Uh, You're not crazy. I get it. Trust me, I do. As far as what excites me about this year, more than anything this year, unless you tell me that Last of Us Part 2 is coming out this year or Death Stranding is, the thing that I'm most anticipated for this year when it comes to nerddom is definitely Avengers. Second to that, and by the way, I, I do think they edited somebody out of that Super Bowl spot. We'll figure that out in April. Uh, the The thing that I'm probably most anticipated for outside of Avengers and outside of video games is Shazam. Like, and the fact that I'm even saying that blows my mind. I, when they first announced that Shazam was going to be the next DC movie being filmed and it's Zachary Levi, I'm like, what in the blue hell are you doing? Give me the Batman, give me Man of Steel 2 or Man of Tomorrow or whatever you want to call it or Justice League 2 or whatever. Don't give me Shazam. Who cares about Shazam? I don't care about Shazam and Zachary Levi. How am I ever going to get into that? And then I saw that first trailer. And talk about a 180. It's... So think back to Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, they, they did a course correction on it like five months before it came out because BVS was so badly received. And they tried to lighten the mood. They tried to add humor in where it wasn't and, you know... They did a lot of reshoots like they ended up doing with Justice League. They shoehorn stuff in there. It doesn't seem like anything so far that I've seen of Shazam seems shoehorned in at all. It just seems like a good, fun movie that that shows people, hey, I mean, Aquaman was fine. I'm glad it made a billion dollars. I'm shocked it made a billion dollars. Just think about that. Aquaman made a billion dollars. Justice League made like 680 or something crappy. BVS made eight. 78, 888, something like that. But Aquaman's the one that makes a billion dollars. That's crazy. Uh, people love some Jason Momoa. I'm so excited for Shazam because it just looks like it's going to be a stupid, fun movie. And it kind of connects a little bit. Like you see, he's got the bad ring there that is the bad ring. Not the, but you know what I mean? The style from Batman versus Superman. You see, he's got newspapers with Superman. There's all these rumors going around now that maybe Cavill actually did shoot a cameo. But then there's other reports saying there will be a Superman cameo in it, but it's not Cavill. It's just a, a stand-in. Maybe neither of those are true. I just, I don't know. But I also don't care. Like, that movie doesn't, it, while it would be cool to see Superman in there, it doesn't need it. Everything I'm seeing from the the the, the trailers and everything looks awesome. And looks like, oh, if you just let somebody just, like, have their own vision and just make a fun superhero movie with DC characters where you don't, force them to do certain things with the the plot and the, the the humor and all that other stuff, it can work. I'm so excited to see Shazam. Captain Marvel will be good. I know it'll be good. It's almost at this point, it's like, whatever. Uh, I hate that Wonder Woman got booted till next year. I think that's going to be great, obviously. I have no idea what to think about episode nine. We should be getting the title pretty soon, I would think. I saw some leak on what people, somebody said the title is something that makes the balance of the force or something like no no that's not going to be the title it's not going to be called star wars the balance of the force that doesn't make any sense that that's no that's just uh cbr or whatever it is comic book resources on twitter trying to get clicks 
I don't know what to think about that movie. It's funny to go back. I At one point, I went back and I kind of skimmed through our review of The Last Jedi that Sean and I did, and we both really liked it the night of. I can't think of a movie that my opinion has changed more on than The Last Jedi. Like, I don't like that movie now. When I think about it and all the things that it changed and just like the horrible plot ideas and like why the whole movie is centered around this super slow chase where it's like, why can't you just get them? And then why did Laura Dern not tell what's his face? Diego Luna, like whatever, not Diego Luna. What the hell's his name? Poe Dameron. Like, why did you not tell him? Oh, there's just so many stupid things. And then the whole milk and they're just completely messing up Luke Skywalker's character that just made no sense. It just, even even the thing, like, in the, the very beginning, which I did hate at the time, where I was like, can you hear me now? I'm like, that's not Star Wars humor. That's like that's like DC trying to cram uh, humor into Justice League and stuff. That That's not good. That's not what we want. So anyways, I have no idea what to think about Episode Nine, And I don't think we will know until we actually see it. Uh, this channel has me excited, honestly. Uh, I think we're on a roll here lately. I think we... Again, in a perfect world, we would win the up-and-comer contest and we would be able to show uh, a much larger audience how talented that I think we are. Um, I really do think Sean and I are just as good as podcasting as anybody out there, period. I don't care. I don't feel bad about saying that. I think we just don't have the reach, obviously. We don't have the name recognition or anything like that. We are just as good at podcasting about video games as anybody out there, period. Cocky, maybe, but I think it's just the truth. Uh but this channel has me so excited. So we're, we've got, you know, we're going to do our own Batman in review coming up in March. We're going to start that probably every other week. I think is what we're planning on. Uh, kind of funny. Fast and Furious in review has actually been pretty hilarious. Those, God, this, I don't know. Sidebar, I don't know why anybody likes Tokyo Drift. Period. I think that movie is garbage. I think it's the worst. I think it's worse than two and worse than four. I don't know how anybody likes that movie. Uh, to me... Some people that actually think that that's the best fast movie or like in the top two of fast movies, I think you've lost your absolute, your, your ever-loving minds. But whatever it teaches them. So I'm super excited for this channel, but more than anything, kind of like I've alluded to earlier in this podcast, I'm excited for the unknown. Like we don't know all the games that are going to come out this year. We don't know if, like last year, I just, it seems like for me, I used to focus so much on the AAA releases when it come when it comes to video games that I didn't even think about indies and everything. Last year, like I said, last year was the year of the indie for me from the messenger to hollow Knight to chasm to uh, blossom tales, which I counted because it came out in the last year of 2017. So I still count it as 2018. Uh, but it's like that, the, it, it's for me, the thing I'm most excited for is the unknown. Also like hell, are we going to, what is what is Xbox going to do at E3? Are they going to be crazy enough to launch the Xbox 2 or whatever the hell they're going to call it this year? Are they going to try to get a year jump on PS5? Because we know PS5 is not coming till 2020 period. And I still say it's coming out on November 20th, 2020, just because that date is awesome. Are they going to try to get the jump on them? I don't think so. But there are a lot of people talking that they think the Xbox 2 or what Infinity or whatever they're going to call it is going to come out this year. I don't see it. I don't think that's... They're, I don't think that's the best idea for them. They've been doing so much right the last few years. Don't just jump the gun and feel like you need to all of a sudden just get this new console out when you just put out the the X. 
year and a half ago at this point, I guess. Don't don't do that, Microsoft. Just show everybody what you got at E3, blow us out of the water, and just build up to 2020. And I I really think I do think Xbox is going to win the they're they're going to win the next generation because it, it flip flops every every generation. It just does. And I feel like. Xbox is building momentum and they've got all these studios that they bought and everything. Like, what are they working on? What is their Horizon Zero Dawn? Like, if they have a Horizon Zero Dawn kind of a new IP that's coming out, that's freaking awesome. And I hope they do. Like, yes, Sean and I are both Sony fanboys, but we don't hate Xbox or anything like that. Like, I want them to do well. Like, the video game industry is at its best when everybody is running at its full power. And I want Xbox to get back to that level that they were at with the 360. That was a very long answer, uh, Austin. So thank you for asking. <laughs> All right. Harrisor writes in also on Twitter and he said, question for the solo podcast. Ooh, sorry guys. I've been following the show intermittently and I noticed you guys did not cover or discuss much about Red Dead Redemption 2. <clears throat> Can you clarify your stance on the game? Apologies if this has already been clarified and I missed it. Thanks for doing the podcast. I'm happy I stumbled across it. Thank you so much for watching. Seriously, that just seeing that comment right there is, again, when, when I talk about being excited about the channel and the podcast this year, it's things like that right there that keep me motivated. So thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> so Red Dead Redemption 2, it was announced they've shipped $23 million this past week. <sighs> that blows my mind. It, it seems like at this point, Rockstar can just print money. I can't even fathom what GTA 6, when it comes out in 2023 or whatever it'll be at this point on next gen. I, I can't even think what that's going to mean for sales. Like people are buying Red Dead 2 because they know it's Rockstar. They know they make a good game and they want to see what that is. However, Red Dead 2 this is going to kind of answer your question. It does not have the mass appeal that something like GTA does. It just doesn't. I just realized I might not be completely in the center of the frame. That's going to mess. That's going to annoy me. Anyways, uh, the, my thoughts on red dead Two. It's funny. So every once in a while I go back and listen to old podcasts of ours, just cause I want to kind of get like a time capsule and like what was going on two years ago or three years ago or whatever. And just, what were we talking about? What was the big news and everything? And it was funny when red dead two first started getting talked about, we were both like, yeah, another rockstar game. It's going to be awesome. And then the more we talked about, it, we're like, yeah, but I don't, I don't, we were Sean and I were both kind of like, I don't know about this. Like, I don't, I, speaking just for myself, I'll do that. I'm not going to speak for Sean. I don't care about Red Dead at all. I just don't. I wanted to, but Westerns have never clicked for me, ever. I've never cared about Western movies. The whole, I, I haven't even watched Westworld. I'm a horrible nerd. I know it. I'm sorry. Uh, they've just, they have never clicked for me. And everything I've heard about this game, like, yes, it is a technical marvel. And I will never take anything away from that. And I don't care if you love Red Dead 2 or you hate it or whatever. I don't, it doesn't matter to me either way. This game just doesn't speak to me at all. I don't want to play it. I don't think I ever will play it. Especially when I hear how just ginormous this game is. And like going back to the whole discussion on Battle Royale games and online multiplayer shooters, like I'm a father of four with a full-time job video games and this channel are my hobby. Like I don't have the time to 
get good at online shooters and I don't have the time to invest 80 to 90 hours to just finally beat this game, get to the first ending and then get to the epilogue where I'm just hoveling, shoveling horse crap for like five hours. It just, when I've heard people talk about this, I'm like, no, it's just not for me at all. And I don't think I ever want to play it. I respect it for what it is, but for me, wake me when GTA six comes out, when I can drive in cars and just, you know, hijack a plane or a helicopter or whatever and get on top of a building and shoot rockets and whatever and snipe people on online like i'm more excited to go the fact that i've actually reinstalled gta online just to get that money first off i can barely even remember how it controls i was running around just like so i registered that i was actually playing so that they'll you know give me my my free money next weekend but i'm like just running around and starting to get the feels for it again and getting in with some of my custom cars and everything. I was like, this is, this is what I want. I don't want Red Dead. I want GTA six and I want GTA online Two, whatever that ends up being. Um, so again, I, I guess I can sum up my thoughts like this. I respect it for what it is. It doesn't speak to me and it probably never will. My apologies. All right, we got a couple more questions from James Solar, of course, because he's the homie. Uh, first question, are there any game series that you feel like you've missed out on? I feel like I've talked about this a few times in the past, but so for me, I do think I have missed out on Resident Evil. Other than I played one a little bit on the Saturn back in the day when Sean and I had it. I got the Resident Evil like remake or whatever they call it that was free on PS Plus on my PS4, but it's still tank controls and everything. I was like, nah, I just, I don't want to play this. It just doesn't speak to me. So I've beaten four, I've beaten seven, now I've beaten two. But I've never, I've, I've never beaten one. I have never touched three, five, or six. I just haven't. Now, I do feel like I'm missing out on three, especially with when I hear about Nemesis, and I see in the Resident Evil Two remake how the tyrant functions in that Mister X, whatever you want to call him, and how just unnerving that is and how it just makes my skin crawl and just scares me to death every time I hear his footsteps. It makes me want to go back and play three, but at this point, I really just want them to remake three and one again. I want them to remake one for like the fifth time and just put them in the RE2 engine with that control and just like remake the the game from, from ground up. Um, the, the one series that always jumps to my mind, and I've got, now that my... <laughs> You know, my kids have Game Pass on their Xbox, and all these games are included in Games Pass. I need to just download them and play them at some point. And I, I will at this this year. I think I will play through all four of them. Gears of War. Gears of War is the one Xbox exclusive that I've never touched that I feel like I'm missing out on. It just seems like it's up my alley from a third person shooter perspective, and just like almost like 3D Contra with great uh, controls and cover mechanics and all this other stuff. Gears of War is something I've definitely missed out on. Hopefully, I'll rectify this that this year. Should I play through all four of them, or should I just skip to four? Like, does the story matter at all? I don't know. Uh, that's an honest question. That's not just rhetorical. Like, I don't. What should I do? Should I just play four because it oh sorry hit the microphone because it's the best playing game or should i that, that really hurt my that hurt my fingernail bomb 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 um should i just skip to four because it's the best playing one or should i go one two three four i don't know y'all tell me but gears of war is the one that definitely stands out and again kind of uh final fantasy just because i'm just never i've never gotten into them i would love to get into them at some point i just don't know when that's ever going to happen or if it's going to happen honestly at this point 
uh, Sean let me borrow Final Fantasy 15 at one point, and I never even installed it. And I was like, even though this is the kind of battle style I would like, it's just so Final Fantasy that I can't even bring myself to play it. So those are my answers. And one more question from James Solar. Thoughts on Luigi's Mansion 3? It's supposed to be out in 2019. I never played Luigi's Mansion, so I'm not really excited for this either. I'm sorry, James. Uh, it 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 kind of like it rubs me the wrong way, like Mario Sunshine did. Like I don't know why my plumbers need to have these backpacks. They're they're sucking up ghosts or spitting out water, paint, Splatoon, whatever the hell Mario's doing over there on Sunshine Island or whatever it is. Uh, obviously, I'm in the minority there when it comes to Nintendo fans and stuff, but I just don't get it, and I'm not that excited for it. Sorry, I'm much more excited for the unannounced Metroid Prime trilogy coming out on Switch this fall. That's my prediction. Stay tuned to E3 prediction special here in a few months. Sorry, James. Thank you for writing in. All right, so the big news item this week is really, there's really only one item, then we'll get in the wrap up and we will do a did you know and we will get out of here. I think I'm doing okay, guys. This is a... Not as nerve-wracking as I thought it would be and as nerve-wracking as it was at the beginning of this episode. Thanks you so much for listening. Is Xbox Live coming to the freaking Switch? Are you serious? Let's let's run through this. I think this, uh, yeah, this came from IGN. Microsoft is bringing Xbox Live cross-platform support to Nintendo Switch, iOS, and Android devices, according to Eurogamer. The announcement was teased from the conference schedules, from the conference schedule details for GDC 2019 which has since been taken down and will take place next month. Xbox Live achievements, friends, game history, and multiplayer abilities across the other platforms will be available after the release. The description read, quote, Xbox Live is about to get much bigger. Sorry, I hit the microphone again. Xbox Live is expanding from 400 million gaming devices and a reach to over 68 million and a reach to over 68 million active players to over 2 billion devices with the release of our new cross-platform XDK. Get a first look at the SDK to enable game developers to connect players between iOS, Android, and Switch, in addition to Xbox and any game in the Microsoft Store on Windows PCs. Currently, players can sign into their Xbox Live accounts on Nintendo Switch for certain games that have been released on cross-platforms, such as Minecraft. Unlike Microsoft, Sony was hesitant to join the cross-platform movement. Back in early September, Sony CEO Kenichiro Yoshida said their way of thinking was that PlayStation offered the best experience for Fortnite players. Okay, you 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 screwed up on that one. Shortly after, Sony announced they would start offering cross-platform play with games such as Fortnite and Overwatch, getting heavy support from developers. This new relationship between Xbox Live and non-Microsoft games and platforms marks a new era where players could theoretically earn Xbox achievements while playing a game on the Nintendo Switch, something that has never been available before. So, I really don't think any of us know what this means at this point. The one thing that... I've always talked about, and I've probably talked about it because Colin and Greg used to talk about it all the time on Kind of Funny, was how cool would it be if Nintendo did just become a third-party software developer? And how cool would it be if all of a sudden, someday, you could play Nintendo first-party 16-bit and 8-bit games on your Xbox or PlayStation 4? Now, I'm not so crazy to say that that is what this is going to lead to, However, it is tickling my fancy a little bit, I must say. 
Microsoft and Nintendo have been so buddy-buddy, probably because of how non-buddy-buddy Sony has been this generation, that it does make me wonder, what the hell, what if on the Xbox 2 there is something more than just, you know, the Xbox Live accounts can sign in on Switch? What if there is something that, what if they go full crazy and... (laughs) Nintendo does some kind of virtual console or something on Xbox. That, as a PlayStation fan, that horrifies me. Uh, Do I think it's actually going to happen? No, probably not. But this, this seems like a big step. Maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it's. It is maybe it's just as simple as you play Minecraft and you can get whatever if you get achievements they count towards your Xbox stuff if you like build a hundred I don't know honeycombs I don't even know what the hell you do in Minecraft or if you get a hundred kills in Fortnite under a login that's linked through you know Fortnite to your Xbox account also you get a I don't I don't know I don't know maybe that's all it is or maybe I, I don't know what it could be but it it feels like there's something more. It won't surprise me if like two years from now we're looking back and going, ah, this was the start of it all. This helped Xbox win the next generation. Nintendo said, hey, we'll put Virtual Console on your system, even though we won't put it on our own. I don't know. That, that's why I don't think it will be that, but it just seems like something, there, there's, something's up. Something is up. Uh, now for the wrap-up. It is time for the wrap up. How are we doing on time here? We're doing okay, guys. Fifty five minutes or so, give or take. This has been this has been it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Let me get a drink of water. I, I you get parched. If you talk by yourself for an hour nonstop, your throat gets extremely dry. I'm gonna take some water now. God bless Yeti. All right. It's time for the wrap up. Kingdom Hearts 3 debuted and switch and switched. Good God almighty. Shipped over 5 million units in one week. Uh, seems like reviews are kind of mixed on that. Again, I said Metacritic's like 87, 88. Not that that's, that's obviously a very, very, very good Metacritic score. Seems like people are, like I saw a thread from earlier today, Jason and Sean, uh, uh, friend of the show Jason Dyke he's been on the show before it was going back and forth with Sean about his thoughts he beat Kingdom Hearts 3 and his thoughts on it so far and everything uh I'm not gonna play it I didn't play 1 2 or 1.5 or 2.5 or 2.8 or 365 days divided by 2 divided by the prologue mix and whatever I'm just not gonna play it doesn't speak to me at all but I'm happy that it sold 5 million like I know people like People bought their PlayStation 3 thinking they were going to play this game on that system, and now it's finally here on PlayStation 4 when we're getting ready for PlayStation 5 to come out. So I'm happy it sold $5 million. I hope people like it, and I don't know if there will ever be a Kingdom Hearts 4. I can't imagine that there would, but you never know. Xbox Game Pass in February is getting Shadow of the Tomb Raider and Return to Arkham. Uh, if you've never played the Arkham games, especially if you... <laughs> well... If you've played Spider-Man and you never played the Arkham games, go back and play the Arkham games. Uh, I do need to go... I played Asylum not that long ago. Not as good as Spider-Man for sure. In my mind, I still think City is a little bit better than Spider-Man. I do want to go back and play that here in the next few months because I, I got Return to Arkham on PlayStation 4 when it was on sale for 5 bucks or something. Uh, Arkham City to me is Batman perfected, so I'm interested to see if it does hold up to Spider-Man or not. I do think, like I said, Spider-Man was better than Arkham Asylum. 
Uh, so I'm interested to go back and play City here relatively soon. And Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I, I got my Uncharted games. I don't need to play Tomb Raider. Uh, PlayStation Now in February is getting the Metal Gear Solid HD Collection. <sighs> so if you don't know what this is, uh, the H, this is not the Legacy Collection. This is the HD Collection, which means Metal Gear Solid 2, Substance, HD, Metal Gear Solid 3, Subsistence, HD, and Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, HD. All the games that came out on PS3 and Vita... However, because it's PS Now, you still can't download them. Because they're PS3 games, you can't download them through PS Now to your PS4. You have to stream them, which still drives me nuts that I can't play all of the Metal Gear games on PlayStation 4 because they just can't figure out how to emulate the stupid cell processor. Uh, I think we'll get that at some point on PS5. They'll they'll figure it all out, and I'll be able to play those games on it. But uh, if you've never played those games... Obviously, there are three of my top 25 games of all time. One of them is my favorite game of all time, Metal Gear Solid 3. Uh, definitely check them out if you haven't already. Switch NES Online for February is getting Mario 2 and Kirby's Adventure. Kirby's awesome. Mario 2 is fine. We're probably going to play through that or at least give it a whirl again because Sean and I haven't played that game in forever. Uh, we'll, we'll play through that in Mario Mondays at some point here in the next couple months, I would guess, just just because. But it's coming. Uh, still no announcement on Super Nintendo games for the Switch Online service. Again, it leaked like a month ago or something that somebody saw all these game files or game notes or something for SNES games. I think that'll be coming pretty soon. Are you? Are they going to make you pay more money for it? I don't know. It, it wouldn't surprise me because it's Nintendo and they never do everything right. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we did finally get a release date for Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. It's coming out March 29th. If you bought the season pass on Odyssey, you get this game for free. I Like I was telling Solar on Twitter the other day, I don't know that I'm ever going to beat Odyssey. When I think about that game and I've put... I don't remember at this point, eight, nine hours or something. And I feel like I've barely even scratched the surface. I've gotten to the first big story beat of, you know, that one character that you're like, Oh, Demos. What? Uh, so I don't know how that, I mean, I can imagine how it plays out. Um, I want to beat that game. It's just so huge that I don't know that I, I really don't know that I ever will. I'm definitely never going to platinum this game. I don't have a hundred hours put in this game to platinum it, which is, seems like what it would take. It's just not going to happen. I hope I beat it. But now this game, Assassin's Creed 3, I have it sitting. I have an unopened copy of Assassin's Creed 3 for PlayStation 3 sitting up in my upstairs that I just never opened because it was one of those games that I just heard. Like the, the setting absolutely fascinates me. And like Solar said on Twitter, like I love U.S. history. I love American history. And the, the setting for this game is perfect. But I just heard the game wasn't there to match it. I'm interested to see what the reviews look like for this and if they fix some of the issues with the actual game of Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, I definitely have my eye on it. We'll we'll see how it goes, but this could be something that I'm purchasing here in late March. I definitely have my eyes on it. One last little quick note here. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, maybe this has been confirmed or blown up or something. I don't know, but we're starting to hear reports that Activision Blizzard is about to be laying off employees in the hundreds which is horrible obviously do i even need to say that um i mean i'm dealing with my own job uncertainty right now 
but it's one thing. <laughs> Activision Blizzard makes so many games that seem like they sell so many copies and make so much money. The fact that they could be up against it to where they may be needing to lay off, quote, hundreds of people is just unfathomable to me. And the fact that you have to learn about this on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, it's just, I, and then what are you going to do? They're, they're sitting here, I'm recording this on Sunday night, or they're, they're sitting here on Sunday night going, okay, I'm going to go to work tomorrow and what the hell is going to happen? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to, am I going to just be kicked out? Like who knows? It sucks. And like, I don't, is a video game industry sustainable? I mean, is it really like, I don't, I really do not know. I don't know. Again, Sean and I just like to make podcasts and we like to be entertainers or we're not even, I wouldn't even say that we're influencers or anything like that. We're not, we're just a couple guys that love video games and we like to talk about them every week. I just don't know that this industry is sustainable. Like to part of me says, well, yeah, I mean it is because we've never had another 1983 again. We're never, we're never going to have another crash because, I mean, Sony's about to sell 100 million PlayStation 4s and Xbox is doing great and the Switch is doing awesome and all these, you know, attach rates are great and everything, but like, it, it, like you see Telltale Games disappear and you see all these other things and you see this with Activision freaking, Activision Blizzard, are you kidding me? Of all the companies that I would think would be immune to this, they're apparently not and it just sucks. So, I don't know, if anybody actually sees this that works at Activision Blizzard, I'm sorry. I, I hope none of this is true. I hope by the time this podcast posts, this was all just false reports and everybody's okay. But if not, thinking about you and I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I really am. And it sucks. So that's it for the uh, the main part of the podcast for this week. So typically what we do now, so we used to be the back of the box challenge. We got rid of that. And now we are to the part where we do the... Uh, um, God, do y'all even really want me to do this? Did you ever know that this is trivia? It's all of the facts I'd like to know. I can't, I can't do it anymore. Anyways, this is the did you know section of the podcast. I apologize. When Sean's not here, I don't even have any, anybody to play off and harmonize. I can't sing. I'm tone deaf. I'm very, very sorry. But did you know everybody out there, since I can't say this to Sean, so, did you know that Metal Gear Solid 1, of course, I got to do Metal Gear, level design in Metal Gear Solid 1, you know what it was done with originally? Not computers and stuff like that. It was done with Legos. Yes, Metal Gear Solid 1 was laid out with Legos. This comes from a Kotaku interview way back in 2011. Kojima also told the story of his son coming into the office with him while he was designing Metal Gear Solid. When the designers sometimes used Lego pieces to put the levels together. His son returned to his wife, who was already unhappy with the amount of time Kojima was spending away, only to report that his dad, quote, plays with Legos all day. So, hopefully I remember to put this in somewhere around here. But there's a video on YouTube. Uh, just look up if I forget to insert it. It's like Hideo Kojima, or Metal Gear Solid Legos, whatever it is. And you think about, so just think before before this era of video games, everything was done in 2D. Like even games at the time that were just amazing and huge, like Link to the Past, where they were made in 2D. Like you just, you look down on something and that's just how it is. You would never have Link be standing in Kakariko Village and all of a sudden it would 
switch to first person view and then it'd go back up to sky view and you'd have to whatever. There was nothing like that. So designing levels in 3D were completely new to a lot of people. So what they did was they built basically shadow Moses out of Legos. And not only did they build them out of Legos to try to simulate what the player would do, Kojima had this little camera hooked up to a T like a CRT TV over here. Again, I hope I remember to insert this that he would basically take the camera and after they would build part of the level in Legos, he would take the camera and he'd go put it down in the Legos and it would be like, huh? Huh? You would, it would, he would like mimic being the player with this camera looking around Legos hooked up to a TV over here. And it's just like, to me, it's so cool. It's cool. Cause it's Kojima. Obviously I'm the biggest Kojima fanboy there is. We all know that, but it's like, We, we take for granted now, obviously, in the year 2019, games being made in 3D spaces and everything. Nothing is, barely anything is made in 2D anymore. Everything is 3D. Even, But just to think back to like 1995 when they were developing this, it came out in 1998, when they were moving from 2D into 3D, and it's like, well, I don't know how to design these levels and stuff. Like, you can't just draw 3D levels on a piece of paper. What can we do? Oh, we can build the levels out of Legos. Then we can take a little camera and we can look around it like if we were Solid Snake playing through Metal Gear Solid. And I just think that's awesome. So that is your did you know fact for the week. Uh, that's it for episode 124. Thank you guys so much for hanging in here with me. Like I said, this was kind of nerve wracking. I wanted to do this uh, by myself. I wanted to give it a try. Uh, you can hit the comment section below and let me know if we did okay or not. Uh, Sean, hurry back. Uh, you can find us, as always, at nerd901.com, where they're connecting nerds across the Mid-South and surrounding areas. Again, Nick, I forgot to write it down. Just, just Nick, email me what I need to say. I'm, I'm horrible. Uh, also, make sure you check out the Blur Without Fear at youtube.com slash Blur Without Fear. Ernie is doing amazing work over there. Uh, I saw his Facebook post this past week. Uh, he's thinking about adding some stuff to his portfolio, and I cannot wait to see where that goes. Just, Ernie, just keep kicking ass. You're doing great. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Kevin White 24. Sean isn't here, but he's at Real Sean White. And together we're at two player underscore co-op. So go hit us up there with any of your thoughts and comments and violent disagreements and all that other stuff. Uh, again, if you're listening to us on audio, make sure you do go over to youtube.com slash two player co-op, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button on the video and share it with your friends and family. Even if you only listen to us on audio, I cannot stress this enough. It is super important that you go to youtube.com slash two player co-op and hit the subscribe button. We've got to get to a thousand subs. So YouTube stops screwing us over because they're horrible. Do you like audio guys? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Kevin. Great. Cause you can find us on Apple podcasts, SoundCloud, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and other audio services around the globe. And of course, we have a Facebook page that we never update, facebook.com slash gaming. So go over there and give us a like for some reason if you want to. We're just never going to update it. There's no point. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. This uh, this has been a fun uh, one-player edition of the two-player co-op podcast. You know, select. It's like one player or two. I should edit the video at the beginning, but I don't know how to do that. Uh... This has been a lot of fun. I'm extremely parched. Uh, I miss you, Sean. Love you, brother. You're doing awesome. Cure is awesome. Just can't wait to have you back at some point. 
Uh, I don't really know how to end this. It's all weird because Sean's not here and I don't have anybody to play off of. Uh, but this has been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for hanging in there. Uh, based on where this mic arm is, I'm going to try to throw this thing with my left hand because I have to keep Sean's memory alive. And I don't know how this is going to work. I'm not Tim Tebow, but I'm going to try to throw it with my left hand. Uh, so anyways, until the next time, Kevin, yeah? Why don't you take us out? Thank you for playing. That looked awesome. Didn't hit it, but on the camera it looked like it did, so I will take it. Yes. 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 Bye, guys.